0: I've taken the time to study the All-22 Coaches film from the Buffalo Bills playoff win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's j-a-s-e-medical.com. Well, folks, welcome. It's the All 22 Review. Very excited to do this because I always am. I love doing this one, but I'm really excited. I enjoyed this film. This is one of my favorite performances by the Buffalo Bills all season long in terms of what the tape revealed about what this team is capable of, how they met this moment, and how they showed up. Like I have a lot of good things to say today, and you know that these all 22 reviews, I get real honest with what I'm seeing, and I got a good story to tell today. And so let's do it. Let's dive into it. We'll do the offense first, then we'll get to the defense. Studs and duds, snap counts. You know what's coming here on the All-22 Review. But let's do start with the offense and Josh Allen and Joe Brady. You guys remember that New England game? I really went in and I said, I think things are starting to click. And it wasn't even a great game offensively, but you just saw the intent. You saw the design, the execution started to look a little better to me. And then the Miami game happened, and then this game happened against Pittsburgh, and I think it's really, it's really coming together at the right time. As far as Josh Allen and Joe Brady go, I'm in love with the game plan that they had against Pittsburgh. I'm in love with the play calling, and I'm in love with the execution. This was my favorite example yet of those three things coming together in a football game. I thought they had a great understanding of Pittsburgh, the pressure looks that they were going to send the mix of man coverage and zone and how that all works together for them and had the right plays at the right times over and over and over again. Now, one of the most fundamental things about football offensive football is reading the safeties. Is it middle of the field open or is it middle of the field closed? Do they have a one high safety and the middle of the field is closed Do they have two split safeties in the middle of the field's open? And a lot of that just dictates what you're supposed to do. Middle of the field's closed, throw outside the numbers. Middle of the field's open, throw between the numbers, right? Like, it's, it's sometimes it can be very simple. And I thought Brady and Allen were just dialed in. And what I loved about this execution was Josh Allen and his willingness to take profits, his willingness to work the underneath stuff and he just never got bored with it. And because he did that, he was efficient. He completed a lot of passes, over 70%, kept the offense on schedule, and then it also created some good chances down the field. There's a number in this game that I think helps me tell the story, and it's Josh Allen's average time to throw. Josh Allen's average time to throw against the Pittsburgh Steelers was 2.39 seconds. He knew where he wanted to go with the football. He was confident in what he was seeing and he got it out of his hands. That's the second fastest trigger he's had all season long. The only time it was faster was against Tampa Bay, 2.36 seconds in week eight, where Josh was 31 of 40 for 324 yards and two touchdowns. And Josh Allen could play a lot of different styles of games. But I think Josh is at his best when he's willing to work in rhythm and then sprinkle in the, the really fun stuff that he does. And I thought he threaded that needle perfectly in this football game. His eyes were consistently in the right spots. He consistently made great decisions. And like I said, this is my favorite game in recent memory in terms of Josh Allen's approach, approach, decision-making, and execution. I even like the sacks that Josh Allen took in this one. Let me give you an example of that. 50 seconds left in the first half. You just had that sequence with the blocked field goal. And, you know, it's 21 to nothing. You think you get the field goal. You're 24 to nothing. And honestly, on that third down play prior to the field goal, Josh Allen had Steph Diggs for a touchdown. And the Steelers defender just made an unbelievable play to get twisted around and get his hand on the football. Otherwise, that's a 28 to nothing game at halftime. But instead, it winds up being the worst possible scenario. That's incomplete. Your field goal gets blocked. Your punter pulls his hamstring. And the Steelers get a short field and score a touchdown. It's 21 to seven. And so the Bills get the ball back with a little time, and they're thinking about trying to score. It's first and 10 from the 39. And the Steelers are playing coverage. They're only going to rush four. They give you a very soft zone defense. The Bills are on a two-by-two set, four receivers, one back in. And Pittsburgh just has everything leveraged. They have three over two on both sides with the middle of the field safety. Josh hangs in the pocket. He's patient, keeps his eyes down the field. Nothing comes open. He protects the ball and takes the sack. And that seems like the most boring, simple thing to do. But sometimes you have to be willing to do that. You have to do the smart, boring thing. And that's what Josh Allen does there. In that situation, the last thing you want to do is give Pittsburgh more momentum going into the half by throwing an interception and giving the ball back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Instead, Josh says, you know what? We're going to live to play another down. We're up 14 at half. We get the ball first coming out. I'm going to take the sack. And sometimes that's okay. But a lot of times Josh Allen doesn't seem to realize that that's okay. And I know that that's the weirdest possible example for me to give you in terms of everything I've built in this this segment to this point telling you about decision-making and processing. But that was kind of the moment where I was like, yeah, I think Josh really is getting it right now. And it really excites me. Obviously, he made great throws in rhythm, saw the coverage hit his back foot, got it out, loved the rhythm stuff to Stefan Diggs in particular. It was good. Another thing that was good was how the Bills dealt with the Blitz. We knew that Pittsburgh was a Blitz-aggressive defense, and we know that the Bills have had some up-and-down moments against the Blitz this year. And Pittsburgh sent the Blitz. They blitzed 53% of the time that Josh Allen dropped back to throw. 18 of 34 dropbacks, they blitzed. And Josh was 11 of 16 for 119 yards, two passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown against the Blitz. He knew what to do. He replaced the Blitz with the ball. The protection was ready for it. The hot routes were there. The quarterback knew what to do with the ball. It was beautiful. Now, speaking of that 52-yard rushing touchdown, that play doesn't happen without Latavius Murray. And I know that Latavius Murray is not everybody's favorite Buffalo Bill right now, especially in the aftermath of the team releasing Leonard Fournette. But the reason they kept Latavius Murray is for pass blocking. And that's exactly what he did on that 52-yard touchdown run. The Steelers sent six, and the Bills had a six-man protection. Five offensive linemen, Latavius Murray. Guess what? Everyone's one-on-one. Murray steps up, takes care of his man, which enables Josh Allen to step up into the pocket, take off, and eventually score. Pass protection is critical. They didn't keep Latavius Murray to pound the rock. It's for pass protection. The pounding of the rock is going to happen with Ty Johnson and James Cook and Josh Allen. But that pass pro dynamic is critical, and that 52-yard touchdown run doesn't happen without Latavius Murray stepping up and making a great block. And that's why Murray is on this team. Leonard Fournette is expendable. And look, if the Bills want to get Leonard Fournette back, I'm sure they can. They just have to sign them back to the practice squad. It's not like teams are lining up all season long to sign Leonard Fournette. And it's not like Leonard Fournette did anything in his time with the Bills. That makes you say, you know what? Got to keep him around. Got a few carries, ran the ball hard. You can find guys to get carries and run the ball hard a couple times a game. That's not hard to find in the NFL. It's the easiest thing you actually can find. What's hard to find is a guy that you trust in pass protection, and that's what Latavius Murray gives this football team. Another great moment against the Blitz was the Khalil Shakir touchdown reception at the end of the game. One of my favorite plays in the history of the Buffalo Bills that I've seen with my own two dies. And that's a great example of how the Bills were able to have answers against the blitz. Stefan Diggs and Khalil Shakir are lined up to Josh Allen's right in a tight alignment to the formation. They blitz the corner over top. Josh Allen replaces the blitz with the ball, and the rest is history. And as a little footnote on that play, what the heck was Miles Jack doing? The Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker, number 16, jumping on the back of Stefan Diggs as. Khalil Shakira's going across the goal line. I mean, I've never seen that in my life. That's Bush League. He's just running to the goal line to celebrate with his teammate, and this dude just jumps on his back and brings him down? Absolutely ridiculous play. But how about Khalil Shakira? Unbelievable play. Great job by Josh Allen replacing the Blitz with the ball and a championship effort from Khalil Shakira. It wasn't just staying up through the tackle attempt from Mika Fitzpatrick but it's a juke that he put on the safety afterwards. And then the angle that he took off the juke to get into the end zone, the acceleration, just an unbelievable play, a total championship effort. All right, we're going to talk more about the offense. I want to talk James Cook. I have a lot to say there, the rushing offense, some very different wrinkles there as well. So be sure to stick with me. But folks, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. Well, therapy can be different for everyone, but most of us have bigger problems than what's going on with our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the very best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for people who have experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit betterhelp.com slash locked on, and that'll get you 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. Folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest, funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. It's just you against numbers. Here's what you do you select two or more players. You pick more or less than their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. doesn't take long. You can make an entry in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super quick. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, I want to talk James Cook, the rushing offense and offensive snap counts here in this block. And I want to start with James Cook, the receiver. Um, It's been a really kind of strange stretch, if you will, with James Cook in the passing game production. He was really hot for a while. From week 7 through 15, an eight-game stretch for James Cook, he was really active. 26 catches, 294 yards, and four receiving touchdowns across those eight games. And then you go to the next four games. So, week 16, forwards, 16, 17, 18 in the wild card game, right? Four games. Uh, James Cook only has eight catches for 17 yards and no touchdowns. So, you've had a really significant drop off in receptions, yards, touchdowns as it relates to James Cook. And I've talked to you about this quite a bit over the last few weeks, but. Teams are starting to game plan for James Cook, the receiver. And last week I discussed how it opened up a lot of different opportunities for other players because of defenders from Miami, you know, closing down on James Cook that vacate space and Josh Allen was able to hit throws. And you saw more of that happen in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the, the play that I want to call out is actually the first Touchdown of the game, Dawson Knox receiving touchdown in the opening drive. And it's a simple corner route. And I wound up actually listening to Dawson Knox in his post game press conference that he actually did with Dalton Kincaid. And he talked about that touchdown. I think somebody asked him, like, you know, walk us through it. And he's like, I just ran a simple corner route and it was open. Well, the reason it was open is because to that same side, James Cook just runs a very simple flat route and it pulls the linebacker. And it freezes the safety. He kind of like hesitates and wants to buzz down on James Cook. And that draws both the attention of that play-side linebacker and that play-side safety. And and the space in the back corner of the end zone is wide open. So you're, you're not seeing the volume for James Cook happen, but you're seeing how it's benefiting other players. And James Cook, what do you have? He had like four catches for five yards, like one of the most strange stat lines you'll see. He was close. He, what he needed to do was break a tackle. There were some, some situations where Josh was able to get on the ball in the flats, and he just needed to make one guy miss or you know, kind of wiggle out of one tackle, and if he did, there'd be a lot more yardage for him. So what's fun about what this offense has is you have a pass catching back in James Cook, and you have a running quarterback in Josh Allen, and it's hard for defenses to account for both. And if you go back to the Chiefs game a few weeks ago, you know, what did James Cook have? Like four catches for 84 yards? Well, that's because the Chiefs were very much interested in spying Josh Allen. So pick your poison spy, spy Josh Allen or cover James Cook. You're not really going to be able to do both. And so I think the Bills are in a really good spot here to counter whatever these defenses want to do. And so, yeah, don't get frustrated with James Cook's production in the passing game. Realize what it's opening up for Josh Allen to run the ball, what it's opening up for in terms of other throws. That Josh can make in the space that it's creating. Let's talk about the rushing offense. And just like the passing offense had a good story to tell with the efficiency, how they knew where to go with the football, the decision-making, the game plan, the execution, they were dialed in. It was good. It was beautiful football. Same thing about the rushing offense. And the Bills had a major, major shift in this game in terms of how they ran the football. They broke out some really different wrinkles, really different. The Bills were a zone-rushing offense in this game, a zone-dominant rushing offense. That has not been the case all season long. Entering this game, the Bills had 259 gap runs and 136 zone runs. And real quick, just to let you know, the difference between a zone and a gap run is stylistically the very different ways that you run the football. A gap run is every single blocker is assigned to a body and you need to move bodies out of the way. And there's design tracks to go with the football in zone runs. You're blocking your, your blockers are going to a zone and picking up players in their zone and you're creating these creases and the running backs job is to make the blocks right and find daylight, right? It's conceptually completely opposite ways to run the football and the bills all season long have been a gap oriented run scheme. Again, 259 gap runs, 136 zone runs. That means 66% gap, 34% zone. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they flipped that upside down. They ran the ball. They had eight gap runs and 20 zone runs. 29% gap, 71% zone. So the Bills, who were 34% zone all season long against Pittsburgh, 71% zone. It's a huge shift, and it worked. Now, there were some grimy runs. There's always going to be and when you run the ball 32 times in a football game. But I'm really satisfied with how they ran the ball, how they executed the zone runs, James Cook's decision-making. And they wind up having 32 rushes for 179 yards. That's, that's over 5 yards per carry. It's 5.6 yards per carry. And that does take away the kneel downs. And so that's, that's exciting. It's exciting, the versatility that the Bills showed in how they can run the football. And that's going to give Kansas City plenty to think about. You want to be ready for a gap run scheme? Well, they can hit you with zone. They can mix it up. That's the most versatile I've seen the Bills rushing offense in, in, in a long time, where the gap stuff worked, the zone stuff worked, and you had some scrambles that also worked. And so, heck of a wrinkle there from Aaron Cromer and, and Joe Brady. All right, offensive snap counts. The Bills had 67 offensive snaps. At quarterback, Josh Allen, all 67. At running back, James Cook, 41. Ty Johnson, 15. Latavius Murray, 10. Reggie Gilliam, 3. At tight end, Dalton Kincaid, 37 of 67. Dawson Knox, 28. They used David Edwards a ton in this game. 24 snaps for David Edwards as a big tight end. And Q Morris, also 13 uh, snaps. At wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, 56 of 67 snaps. Khalil Shakir, 45. Trent Shurfield, 42. Turns out Trent Shurfield can also run clear out routes and pick routes and block. Uh, Deontay Hardy, 14. Snaps and Andy Isabella, 7. Uh, Deontay Hardy, great play. They uh, Pittsburgh was in an alignment where they were running uh, man coverage, middle of the field closed. Uh, Diggs drew the attention of the middle of the field safety. They ran Khalil Shakir on an over route and they had Patrick Peterson isolated on Deontay Hardy and there is no vertical help for Patrick Peterson. So Deontay Hardy just ran hard vertical stem and was able to snap his route off, catch it at the sticks and turn a run for a big gain. Another example of how Josh Allen was seeing the field, understanding coverage and, and knowing where to go with the football and good design there from Joe Brady. But Deontay Hardy made a nice play in this game. He's He's made some plays here lately, which has been a nice, pivot from earlier in the year Andy Isabella played seven snaps and Joe Brady had a fun play dialed up for him unfortunately Josh Allen and him couldn't connect on it but it was um, a motion I think it was kind of like an orbit motion and Andy Isabella was all alone in the flats just Josh didn't quite put it in the right spot he wasn't able to catch the ball but there was a lot of green in front of Andy Isabella if that would have connected and then we know that Andy Isabella has four three speed so I wish we could have seen the rest of that play On the offensive line, all of the starters played 67 snaps except for Connor McGovern missed one snap and David Edwards played in for him at left guard, which is interesting. So the first man in at left guard is David Edwards, not Ryan Bates. Just a little footnote there. All right. uh, One thing I would encourage you to do is join the Lockdown Bill subtext community. Um, Let me tell you what it is. It's a deal where you can have one-on-one text messaging with me. So if you want to ask questions, talk Bills football, whatever, you can send me a text message. I'm a text message away. You also get my first reaction to all Bills news. So as injuries have been coming through, injury reports, the Bills signed Matt Hawk, the Bills released Leonard Fournette. I send out a text to all of the subscribers. Plus you get my in-game analysis. So during every single Bills game this year, I'm sending out texts after every drive. And of course I'll do that Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs but you also get access to our Discord channel. And this is what I'm building to. In our Discord channel, it's like 500, over 500 Bills fans. We talk Bills, Sabres, life, all kinds of stuff. But in uh, in the Discord, there's a channel called Film Clips. And in that, you'll find, I don't know, 30, 40 clips from this game, this Steelers game, of me commentating over the plays and talking through them and showing you exactly the stuff that I'm talking about right now right showing you how james cook is opening up space because of the attention he draws showing you josh allen and his decision making and the game plan and okay the steelers are running these coverages and these are the plays that are going uh, that they're running and why josh allen is making decisions and why i'm so happy with it like it's such a great compliment to what we do here so i'd encourage you to join if you'd like to there's a link in today's show notes so if you join the subtext you get access to the discord channel super fun if you go to the show notes today, you'll see a link to join the Lockdown Bills subtext community, and you can hop in there and have some fun with us. Also, I know that subtext is not available for the international fans, but I have the Discord channel available for you. So if you'd like to be part of the Discord channel, the same rate as the subtext, uh, shoot me an in, in email, joemarino65 at gmail.com. We'll get you in the Discord channel. You can see all the film clips and interact with over 500 members of Bills Mafia and, and have fun with us. So check that out. All right, we're going to talk about the defense here. I got a lot to say there, so be sure to stick with me. But, Folks, I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but can we talk for just a minute about being prepared for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, and I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones couldn't get the medications that they needed because of a supply chain issue. Well, thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. A Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and more. And this stuff can happen to any of us. So be sure to visit JaceMedical.com and complete your physician encounter. That will be reviewed then by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to JaceMedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON for $20 off your order. All right, let's talk defense here, and I want to talk about the run defense. This is big. The, we knew what this game was going to be. The Steelers are who the Steelers are. You knew that they wanted to run the football. They had the most rushing attempts in the NFL since week 10, or over the last 10 games, excuse me. They've averaged 145 yards per game rushing over the last 10. They've been hot running the football. They weren't hot running the football against the Bills. 21 carries and 106 yards. Keeping in mind that 16 of that came on a Mason Rudolph scramble and 15 of that came on a George Pickens reverse. When it comes to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, that dynamic backfield duo that they have, those dudes combined for 20 carries, 75 yards, under four yards per carry, 3.75 yards per carry. That's a heck of a job by the Bills run defense. And so why were the Bills successful stopping the run? I'll tell you what, it was fun to watch on tape. And it's never hard to figure out why a team is good at stopping the run. It's because they're in the run, fits. It's because guys are competing for their gap, getting off blocks, making plays. It was a collective effort by that front seven where you could tell they were challenged. They knew they had to be physical. They knew they had to strain. And boy, oh boy, do they do that. So fun watching that Bills defensive line battle against the run. Nobody wanted to get moved. Guys are getting into gaps, holding their ground, squeezing down, and just not giving those guys any space. It was fun to watch. And I thought there were so many different players that looked strong. Tim Settle. I thought this was Tim Settle's best game against the run. I, you could t- I, it's almost like Tim Settle was personally challenged in this game with how he was defending the run and how he was competing for his gap, taking on double teams, not conceding ground, pursuing the football hard. Loved what I saw from Tim Settle. And I hadn't said that very often this year. Leonard Floyd, unbel- Leonard Floyd might have been the best defensive player on the field. Really impactful pass rusher, but his run defense was outstanding. You know, Pittsburgh's a blended run scheme. They run zone. They run gap. Leonard Fournette was not letting anybody. Break contained. He was setting hard edges, spilling runs back inside, getting off blocks. He was terrific. Greg Rousseau, always exceptional against the run. This was no different. Daquan Jones. He was Daquan Jones. Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver, A.J. Epinesa, all these guys straining hard, refusing to get moved out of their gaps, squeezing down, and they they were physically – they were the more physical team. They met the moment. They knew what type of game Pittsburgh wanted to play, and Bill's, the Bills' defensive line said, all right, bet. And they out-physicaled him all day long and won at the point of attack for 60 minutes. It was fun to watch. They're going to need that type of effort the rest of the way. But I'll tell you what, after watching this passing game, seeing the versatility in the rushing offense, seeing how this defensive line showed up, seeing how this back seven has really come into its own and how much depth has emerged, I feel really good about this football team. Really good how physical they are. This is a physical football team. It's fun to watch. These guys are getting after it. There's an edge. These guys are playing with an edge, a big-time edge. You can sense it when you watch it, and it shows up on tape. Let's talk about all these random players, A.J. Klein, Dorian Williams, Balen Specter, Cam, Lewis, Kyer, Elam. They got put into some tough spots, and I thought they all, for the most part, handled themselves well. A couple quick notes on each player. A.J. Klein uh, obviously signed off the street as a green dot, plays over 40 snaps, and he did well. He settled in, and I think early on you could tell he, was, he had a little bit of rust to shake off, a little bit slow to react, a little bit um, head on a swivel, just spinning a little bit, but the, it took just maybe a series or so, and he absolutely settled in. I loved how he stayed re- leveraged. You could tell they wanted to throw the ball to his man quite a bit, And he gave up some catches, but he was able to stay over top and really limit the production there and make some good tackles. He had some very good pursuit angles that I was impressed that he was able to get out towards the sidelines. I thought he did well. He had a huge third down stop on that third and three uh, before the Bills stopped him on fourth and three. A.J. Klein settled in and and played played well. Uh, Dorian Williams, I think this was his best game yet, uh, especially after his last two games where he had a lot of opportunity. I feel like it was the Patriots and the – uh giants and they really attacked him and i thought this was the most sound game for dorian williams had some indecisive moments in coverage again these are tough spots right these guys aren't repped and prepared to play this much football in a game but they find a way and i thought he did well he was fast and physical like always had that huge tackle for loss on that flat route was able to fire downhill and and make a big tackle for loss uh they went after him a little bit, but I don't think he was exposed like maybe he was in the past. I think it was his best performance yet. Baylen Spector, we only saw him for 17 snaps. This is what I'll say about Baylen Spector. He, was he super impactful? No. But did it seem too big for him? No. And I think that's, that says a lot for a guy who hasn't played a lot of football in his career and is thrust into a starting role in a tough spot. Cam Lewis, he winds up having to play 21 snaps in the slot for Taron Johnson. I thought he was okay you could, you could, that was the drop-off that I felt the most was like, just not as fast or physical as Taron Johnson. I felt that drop-off and they, and Pittsburgh started to go after him a little bit and it was a tough spot for him, especially because he's repping to play safety, right? He's the, he's the third safety with Taylor wrap out. And all of a sudden he's got to play slot corner, totally mindful of that. But you could tell that the Steelers went after him a little bit and he, he gave up some stuff. Kyer Elam. Had those two ugly plays, right? The missed tackle, the pass interference, but boy, oh boy, did he settle in. I thought he settled in nicely. Played with a lot of confidence. Had a really good run stop. Was sticky in coverage. And looked good. Looked like a starting corner to me. Um, And it's nice the Bills have this depth. I mean, think about it. Rasul Douglas, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam. It's nice knowing you got four guys that can go out there and play. And then Von Miller. Von Miller had two good plays. Let's celebrate. Two strong pass rush reps. Now, we will be mindful of the context. You know, it's like under two minutes left in a game. The Bills are up by two scores. Obvious passing situation. Rookie right tackle against a statue quarterback in Mason Rudolph, right? We'll be mindful of the context, but we will also celebrate that Von Miller did something positive. Two pressures on that last drive where they were trying to score and they couldn't. The first one was... A really good one-arm stab. It was the timing with his hands that I loved. One-arm stab into a swipe with his other hand immediately turns that into a rip. He's able to reduce and flatten, turn, and and create pressure on the quarterback. And how he was able to string that all together and do it while being tight was really strong. That was a good rep. And then a couple of plays later, later, it was an inside spin move um, where he won the rep. He should have got a sack. I mean, he spun worked through the contact and was like literally face to face with Mason Rudolph. And maybe it's just been so long since Von Miller's been near a quarterback and he forgot that you actually have to tackle them, but he did everything but tackle the quarterback. Like he just like ran into him. It was the weirdest play. Like forgot that he had to wrap up and tackle the quarterback. And then Mason Rudolph's able to like get away from it and throw incomplete, but he should have had a sack. He just didn't tackle the quarterback. He was right in front of him. I mean, like his face mask was touching Mason Rudolph's, middle of his chest. He just didn't tackle him, but two strong plays from Von Miller. We will celebrate that. Defensive snap counts. The Bills played 66 snaps of defense at defensive end. Greg Rousseau, 44 of those 66 snaps. Leonard Floyd, 32. A.J. Epinesa, 25. Von Miller, 26. Shaq Lawson, 19. Defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, 47 of 66. Daquan Jones, 36. Tim Settle, 20. Linval Joseph, 17. I thought Linval Joseph was terrific in this game. Terrific, and I know that there was some Disappointment that Puna Ford didn't play. Yeah, I forgot about that real quick after I saw Linval Joseph beat up on that center for Pittsburgh all game long. Had some really good short yardage reps. He was Linval was really good, and it was nice to see. Um, hopefully, he can stack another performance next week against the Chiefs. Linebacker AJ Klein forty four snaps out of sixty six. Terrell Bernard thirty two. Uh, Dorian Williams twenty one. Baelen Specter seventeen. At corner, Dane Jackson, 66 of 60 snicks. Kyrie Elin, 53. Christian Benford, 13. Taron Johnson, 40. And then at safety, Poyer and Hyde, 66. Cam Lewis, 29. But 21 of those in the slot for Taron Johnson. Then Demar Hamlin came in and played that third safety role um, with 14 snaps. So they're still, no matter who it is, they're still putting Poyer down on the second level on some of those obvious passing situations. And that means, you know, next man up at safety. Hamlin in this situation once Cam Lewis had to play slot corner. So those are the snap counts. Studs and duds, real quick. I got a long list of studs. Josh Allen, Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir. Three of my favorite plays this season. Josh Allen's 52 yard touchdown run, Dalton Kincaid, that seam shot was unbelievable. And then Khalil Shakir with maybe the play of the year. But Khalil Shakir might have had the best two plays of any skill player the Bills have had this year, uh, between that catch and run against the Jets and then this play. Uh, Joe Brady, you're a stud. Great game plan. Man, you had it figured out. You 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 ran circles around Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Aaron Cromer, unbelievable job with what he did with this run game to evolve it and for them to execute completely differently than they have all season long and for it to work. Leonard Floyd, Linval Joseph, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Greg Rousseau, Tim Settle. They get a major stud award for me this week. Dorian Williams, A.J. Klein, Kyer Elam stepping in in tough spots and um, being part of a winning effort and and playing well and having standout moments. They're all studs as well. One dud, it's Tyler Bass, blocked from 49. That ball, I watched the tape on that. He almost, like that was probably the easiest blocked field goal in the history of, of blocked field goals. It almost hit the Bills. It was like Osiris Torrance was the left guard there. It almost hit his helmet. I mean, he didn't get that ball even close to being up. So that was a crappy kick. And then he missed from 27? It's garbage. That's garbage. I'm sorry. So he's a dud. There you have it. The All 22 review is in the books, and so is talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're on to Kansas City. Next up will be our All 22. Or excuse me. We just did the All 22 review. Next up is our crossover preview with Locked On Chiefs. Then my full game primer, and then of course my last chat, final thoughts. Three more episodes coming your way before kickoff. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. Join the Locked On Bills subtext community. Would love it. If you did that, as always, go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.